0: And we're live so i want to first save a big uh thank you to chris last week for asian hockey card collection for being our guest for episode 25 it's a milestone for us and now we're into the next wave of our milestone and our next guest is about to kick that perspective off so before we go there we appreciate asian hockey card collectors thoughts chris gave us a really good uh no angle on what it's like for an asian person playing sports at a time where it wasn't that popular and wasn't widely followed nor followed by a lot of minorities. His passion and love for PCing, documenting hockey cards of Asian, South Asian, and Pacific Island-born players was just awesome to see. We're definitely going to be catching up with him in the very near future, and maybe we'll toast him for episode 100, and we'll kick out a bottle of scotch for that one. So, like I said earlier, we are kicking off the next 25 episodes with style. So, I'll let Kent introduce our next cool guest.
1: For tonight's episode, we are very pleased to feature another woman of the hobby guest. Uh, Shout out to Sam Shuford, as we're boring your tagline. Um, She hails all the way from the land down under, is an avid card collector like the rest of us, has, I would say, a very solid PC of soccer and NBA cards, and she gets to work at a hobby shop. Please welcome Alex from Alexa Collects to the show all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Alex, you're our first guest from Australia. Welcome.
2: Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. And hello, everyone.
1: All right.
0: For this. So Ken, get to kick it off this exciting time for your episode number 26. So Alex, you get to kick off our, our next amazing set of shows. Go ahead, Ken.
1: And just for perspective, folks, uh, it is just a little bit after 11 a.m. in Australia right now on Wednesday morning, where it's Tuesday night still here in North, in North America. Um, so Alex, how is the situation currently with, um, in Melbourne with COVID and everything down there right now?
2: Well, guys, if, you, if we'd done this a week ago, I would have said no COVID. We're great. We're living pretty much normal lives, um, but unfortunately, we've had a little bit of a flare up with COVID, um, and we're currently now second week of a or week and a half of stay stay at home orders at the moment, which is a little bit unfortunate. But um, no, everyone's just keeping staying home, keeping safe, um, and. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is in Melbourne or in Australia generally is that we just don't have the high enough vaccination rates to sort yeah. of stop with stay at home orders and lockdowns and whatever. So unfortunately, I think sort of comparatively, what's comparatively different is that we're just sort of, I guess, yo-yo in and out of lockdowns, I guess. But um, no, our vaccine supplies are coming in and, you know, hopefully when everyone's vaccinated, we can be in a p- better position. otherwise happy i mean we're all just sort of staying at home everyone's sort of happy catching up online and everything but um otherwise it's all right
1: plus right now it's it's winter season two down there correct
2: yes yes it is so for anyone in melbourne who who lives in melbourne we had really yesterday was really bad just rain hail storms it's quite cold (laughs) it's 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 nine nine degrees celsius which i think in fahrenheit is like 49 at the moment, um, but now we've got the we're all got our heaters on, electric blankets. Um, yeah,
0: what I find funny about that is up here, there are parts of the country that get to minus 40. So out west, Alberta, <laughs> uh, east coast, um, yeah, it gets really cold. So a heater here is a whole different <laughs> station than out there. I want to say quickly, was- to a few people that go ahead. Go ahead. So we have name from indigenous bookie card joining. He is a hobby nerd. So I, I called up for our hobby nerds to join on Instagram and they joined so I'm glad to see name here. Um, um, every show, so I want to thank you for his patience coming to our show, With David G here as well. And then a name is saying, he says, hi to you, Alexa. Thanks for coming at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday in Australia. So he's saying that.
2: How are you going? <laughs>
0: Like forties, that's cold. Oh well, there we go. Yeah, we, uh, it's. Uh, I was cold. gonna
2: say, but th- this is almost. I was go. I was saying, gee, this is. If it's if you get to minus forty, this must be like a lovely warm day. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's cold here in some parts. i mean, we're lucky like in Ontario. We're pretty shielded where Kent and I are. But there are some places just west of us that get heavy snowfall. Definitely on the East Coast, it gets into the minus 20 degrees Celsius. Out west, there's, it's not uncommon to hear people in Winnipeg talking about minus 25, minus 30 Celsius. So it is is—it is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, so
1: I, so I think most people would take nine degrees Celsius all day long.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I would all year round for sure. I'm going to say hi to uh, my brother, Sumo Puppy, for, for joining. Um, sorry, Kent, I got all excited. I'll let you know. No, lie. no, it's all right. It's all right.
1: <laughs> So, so Alex, as a kid, did you participate in sports during your youth at all?
2: Yeah, I did. I, I got into my parents got me into quite a lot of different sports, not necessarily competitively, but just mm-hmm. as recreationally. Um, I, I got into basketball, um, Australian rules football, um, which is an Australian exclusive sport. Um, uh, but my main I, I mean, I did swimming cricket, um, oh, cricket. My, my, yeah a little bit of cricket but my main sort of sport was tennis I played it competitively when oh, I was younger yeah. for probably about 10 years I mean not not to become a tennis you know a tennis pro but you know you I, I have, you have. <laughs> maybe but um, no I, I played it like junior competitions um yeah but just, just pretty much everything. Um, we were my, we weren't a sporting family, but my parents always encouraged me to participate in sports. Um, yeah, a little bit of everything.
1: Excellent. So, so being in Australia where you are, Australian rules football is still the main sport, correct? And are there any other sports do you think that may be catching up in terms of popularity down there, like soccer or basketball?
2: Probably I'd say basketball is the next biggest thing. Um, mm. we also, we're also also big cricket and rugby fans. Um, and, yeah, I think NFL is getting a bit more popular. But, again, because it's sort of a Northern American sport, it's not, I'd say, as big as basketball. Um, but uh, what else do we have? Yeah, so I'd probably say basketball is the next... Biggest thing, and it's leading on into the card market. It's sort of what's reflective in in what people collect down here, I guess. Um, it's which is mainly basketball cards, um, but yeah, so mainly basketball, a little bit of um, cricket, and rugby, and everything.
1: Yeah, now cricket. If I'm not mistaken, cricket is still pretty big and draws a huge crowd, does it not?
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really big down here. Um, it. Yeah, we, we, we host, uh, I think, we host the, the Ashes series, which if any cricket fans may know is like a really big um, series between um, England and Australia. Um, we also ho- host like different international cricket series as well. Um, the Boxing Day Cricket Crash, Cricket, cr- Cricket Match, <laughs> I can't speak, um, It is held is a traditional match that's held in Melbourne. Um, and, and yeah, there's quite a lot of cricket fans down here.
0: Cool. One, one thing I wanted to pop in there, what makes this really cool, and I found this cool yesterday and had different thoughts on it during the day. So for those of us in North America, we're watching hockey games and basketball games at night. We watch football games on Sunday mornings and into the afternoon and on Monday. Think about it a second people from Australia are watching hockey, well, let's skip hockey, because hockey's not a big sport, but basketball game in the morning, the day after in our world, right? You're watching Monday night football, on Tuesday, right? You're watching, so everything is like off-center. So for me, when I envision, you know, after uh, after supper, sitting down, turning on the basketball game, you guys are pulling out your Cheerios or whatever the, your Vegemite or whatever it may have <laughs> in the morning, right? And, and watching basketball. So it's just such a phenomenal thought process. I didn't realize it until after we talked, but wow, like, like that, that's dedication. So that's
2: Yeah. That's Sunday, I mean, morning, well, I guess most of us, the sport that we. If, if, for example, there is an Aussie rules football match, it's always at night, in the afternoon or at night. Like, again, morning sport, morning events, a morning sport isn't, like, morning scheduled sport isn't really a thing here in Australia unless it's something like the Euros, which, because of the time zone, is was scheduled at 5 o'clock in the morning. Or, yeah, I guess anything that's sort of at night it's sort of, yeah, we're just, again, we're having our... We were talking about this the other day. We're having our Vegemite on toast and just watching, you know, nighttime matches. Um, yeah, but there's no... In terms of sport that's scheduled um, to be broadcast in Australia, like Australian played sports, everything's scheduled at night. Like there's nothing... Mm-hmm. There's nothing like, you know, Sunday morning football or you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's quite different comparatively to, I guess, the rest of the world.
0: Especially when they brand it Monday Night Football. You're in Australia, like, it's it's Tuesday.
1: Tuesday morning.
0: (laughs) 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 It's just a mind shift. Um, I want to say thank you to a couple more people joining. So, uh, uh, wait, so we have a question, uh, Alex. Mm -hmm. What's the most popular sport for children? So, it's something that you can do that.
2: What's the most popular sport for children? Um, I'd say Australian rules football is probably, the, in Australia, the most important or the, the most um, popular sport, I think, because, again, I have memories as a child and most children have memories of, you know, the parents having a, an Aussie rules footy at home, or we call it a footy at home, and just, you know, going to the park and just kicking the ball um, so, and it's still like there are a lot of uh, Aussie rules football like programs for kids. If any Aussies are in here, it's called OzKick, which is I guess they it's just a program to get young kids, you know, with training camps and activities, and um, so that's that's sort of where most kids start. Um, likewise, I think in terms of cricket, I mean. You know, most children would have a, a cricket and a ball and would hit in the laneway with, you know, friends and family and whatever. Um, probably the same with any sort of basketball or soccer, but i probably say that, yeah, AFL is the most popular sport for kids. Awesome. Down here. Yeah.
0: So we're get to get into some really cool questions. So just before we go to the crowd, we'll let Kent uh, start us off while you're here. So go ahead, Kent.
1: Uh, actually, I I believe it's your turn. My turn already? Well,
0: okay. <laughs> I, I uh, got so excited. So. <laughs> what got you into card collecting?
2: So I, I mean, I, I like to think that I've been collecting cards pretty much all my life. But uh, my biggest person who really got me into cards when I was younger was my dad. So my yeah. dad. Um, so my dad's been in the sports marketing industry for. As his career for most of his life, um, he was involved with sort of, um, I guess, like business marketing and business logistics for an Aussie Rules football club as well. So I think he's again, he's been my I guess sporting inf- influence for most of my life, but also for my my card collecting influence. Um, so I probably got started collecting um, cards when I was five, um, and I the my first card memory was of collecting afl cards as most yeah as most sort of young um if we're going back to you know what sports popular for children you know if um most kids play afl as kids as well they also collect afl cards as well um so down here we have what's probably like a it's called a new we have stores called news agencies so just like newspaper shops and they would sell packets of um afl cards for maybe three dollars or whatever um and they're sort of targeted at sort of younger children um sort of you know interesting pictures or um you know certain sets of like inserts and whatever that are sort of more aimed towards children um so that's my sort of first when I for my first memory of being involved in cards and it was probably again when I was about 10 when I think it was just a natural transition um towards collecting NBA cards which um I guess I again as I said I've sort of dabbled in playing basketball when I was younger but I think just you know collecting cards I just think again being in that same news agency and I just saw basketball cards and I sort of, you know, just began, I thought, oh, you know, I might as well, you know, maybe give these a go. And um, I just remember just starting to collect and then sort of with that following the NBA game um, and, yeah, and then eventually it, you know, it led to, you know, far down the line, you know, probably 10 years later um, and to now is collecting, you know, just a whole range of sports cards and just following so many different sports um
0: that's awesome awesome to hear do we have a couple of questions from the crowd so okay cool Master actually, actually a question he's making a comment so matisse seibel will make his name from the olympic he's an australian player for team australia i didn't know that
2: is he i don't know
1: i don't know that either
0: that's uh, neat but so thanks for that and then our good friend jeremy is saying hi to you alexa what hello
2: how are you going oh he is playing for australia
0: oh I, I actually didn't know, I learned something I actually new didn't there. know he was australian <laughs> there's an instrument uh, pc you can make there <laughs> <laughs> and then master damage is asking you what is your favorite american sports team?
2: um nfl i'm a huge chiefs fan nba i'm a lakers fan um and if you what else is it? Baseball. I don't really have a team. I don't follow baseball that much. Um, I just sort of um, just follow just certain players. Um, but for soccer, I mean, just as outside of American team, um, in terms of Premier League, I'm a huge Tottenham fan. Tottenham? Um, yeah. Um, big Harry Kane fan. So, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> okay,
0: it's okay. You're 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 forgiven.
2: Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, in, I mean, whilst I sort of support teams, I guess I'm sort of more of a player-based um, fan and collector. But, um, yeah, so those are sort of my main teams, I guess.
0: If anybody so, ever asks you about hockey, your answer is I'm a Maple Leafs fan. That's all you got to say.
2: Yes, okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs>
0: um, and it's funny because uh, you named every sport, but I wanted to get a little sad inside because I'm a hockey guy. So, um, I didn't want to leave our hockey fans out of this. So why don't you tell us in the audience, what are you actively collecting today?
2: So I'm collecting a little bit of everything, I'd, I'd say. Um, for any of you who know me or know my Instagram, I'm a huge soccer fan. So I love, especially, I really enjoy collecting pay, like vintage soccer cards like Pele, especially like Brazil cards um, on the Brazilian team, going back to teams. Um, so I like Pele, Maradona. Um, I love collecting um, women's soccer cards, so sort of more modern, um, especially Alex Morgan, Mia Hamm. Um, really looking forward to this will be my first time in the Olympics watching the US women's soccer team competing, which is re- really cool. Um, I feel like I'm sort of betraying the um, the Matildas on my Australian team, but um, I'm, I'm rooting for the US women's team. Um, I'm also into, of course, NBA, NFL, um, a bit of baseball. Um, but again, I'm sort of more, rather than sport, I sort of collect more specific players. So again, Mahomes, Brady, um I'm actually, I don't collect LeBron, even though I have a few LeBron cards. Um, I did have an Anthony Davis collection, um, but um, I've moved that on since. But yeah, I'm a big Kobe fan as well. I've got a couple of really nice Kobe cards that are near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, just a little bit of everything, bit of tennis. Um, again, going back to loving playing tennis as a sport, Um, collect some tennis cards as well. Um, I do have some golf, got a couple of Tiger Woods, but just generally a little bit of everything, I guess.
0: I want the the crowd to to understand something for those who are watching after. uh, Alec, tell them how old you are.
2: I'm 21.
0: So she's 21. I'm 47. Her PC at a young age dwarfs mine and I'm glad to hear that she's collecting smartly not like some people like me collected really not smartly and I'm stuck with this junk. Um yeah I'm we'll get sure. we'll get off to show some of that a little later. <laughs> we'll later, But it's really interesting because you're hearing a lot of the goats mentioned. She said Kobe yeah. she said mm-hmm. um uh, maradona she said like all the goats of the, the upper sports, and, and Mahomes who's gonna be
1: he's a baby goat he's getting baby out. goat um is there such a thing as a baby goat? I think it was fine. Actually, yeah, I mean, there, is now, there is now. There is such a thing as a baby. Yeah, goat.
2: there was a picture I remember really quickly. There was a picture that was released on um, day of the Super Bowl of um, of this this la this year's this year's Super Bowl of I think it was tweeted on ESPN or something where it was literally a big goat and a small goat and someone the caption was like Brady in the homes, big goat, little goat type thing. But, um, <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that's actually really neat, I'll have to look that up, but the yeah. part of what I kind of get along to everyone is Alex collects smartly. So as a as a lesson to all of you out there, never you can never be too young to, to be wise. So Alex, I think they have <laughs> wiseness beyond her years, and I still have a lot to learn. So, <laughs> so even Sam from Women of the Hobby is here as well to say she's glad to see a great hobby friend on on tonight.
2: Thanks, Sam. So. Sam's really awesome. Shout big shout out to Sam.
0: Sam she,
2: she just as a quick ad lib. Yeah, uh, big big shout out to Sam. And um well, I guess without Sam, I don't think that this sort of platform of showcasing female collectors would even exist. Um and you know, uh she's just she's a you know a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um and the community that she's been Really active in you know promoting and helping grow. Um, is just nothing short of phenomenal. Um, I've met some really great female collectors, um, and hopefully one day when you know when I'm allowed to leave the country again, I can come over and meet everyone. Um, so big, big shout out, Sam.
0: Sam is, and I concur. Cause Sam is awesome. We had her on earlier, uh, I believe, two or three shows ago. She's extremely smart. She collects smart like you do. Mm. Uh, She's also quite young, so she's doing it at a young age. So, and she's spreading the diversity and inclusivity message with her group. Mm. And it's really great to see. And our point of our show really, so we can become another avenue to showcase that there's not just one demographic in our sport, I'm sorry, in our Mm. hub. Um, So it's great to see that. So I'm pretty sure Sam and Alex, and then there's Hannah and a few other people out there. Mm. Hearing you from hearing from you folks for years to come. Now, speaking of Sam, we have a question related for Sam. <laughs> Let's that.
1: I would uh, agree with the two of you. Uh, Sam is a shining light for the hobby right now. Oh, and I, yes. So um, anyway, I want to get all oogling over Sam right now because the show is actually <laughs> about you, Alex. Um, now, it's, speaking of Sam's show, now on Sam's mm-hmm. show, you had mentioned that you indeed had pulled a Steph Curry rookie card, which is like awesome, by the way. Do you still have it? And if so, have you gotten it graded?
2: Yeah. So interesting about that is going back to when I first began collecting NBA. It was again around 2010. You know, I was 10, 11 years old, and of course, that's you know, 0910 was Steph Curry's rookie year. So the packs that I was buying was. You know, oh nine ten upper deck, and I, at the time, it didn't really because I again, basketball was still new, and I was sort of you know learning players and their names. Um, I, I just don't really have memory of pulling it my, like at the time myself, even though I I know it did come from a pack that I opened, but um, it just sort of went straight into an album. Um, and it wasn't until so quickly I I did take for probably about you know five years or so. I did take a hiatus from collecting during my high school years. So most of my albums from 2010 and everything sort of went into storage and I just sort of, you know, was just focusing on life and everything like that. Um, and it wasn't until uh, probably about uh, three years ago that I was just pulling down, you know, clearing some stuff out, pulling down the albums and everything. And I was just flicking through and I found this Steph Curry rookie card. And, uh, I, you know, I knew, I knew Steph Curry was good. I was just going to say, Steph Curry's good. good. Steph is great. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and that's actually sort of, it leads on to how I met or how I found out about Cherry, which I currently work at. Um, but I, I found it. And, again, I went into, I Google searched card shops in Melbourne, which there aren't many. I think from memory, they're only about two or three, like they're bricks and mortar. Um, oh, right. Of course. Yes. And um, yeah, so that's how I, I found Cherry. And I went in and I thought, well, you know, I'll, I might maybe try and sell it. I know it might work, be worth a bit of money, but um, I went in, you know, asked, you know, what to sell it for. And I, I ended up having a great chat with Josh, one of the guys there, who's really awesome. And I ended up keeping the card, and fast forward three years, I'm currently an employee, Cherry. I still have the card, and currently it's at PSA grading. And I think it's nearly done as well. I sent it in, in March in the under um, under 1,000 submission, and I think it's very close. So fingers crossed.
1: Awesome. Hopefully you get that back <laughs> soon, shortly.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you let us know what grade it got. I'm curious to know.
2: Yeah, I'm my hunch is that it's going to be either an eight. I'm hope probably an eight. I'm praying for a nine, but I again, it was more of a sort of just getting it in a slab type thing rather than just having it raw. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, did you want to add something? Yeah, it's going to be coming by ship,
0: just so you're aware, folks. So that's the other <laughs> thing. For-
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll be a while.
1: It'll be hopefully, hopefully, not that long. hopefully, not that long. So, exactly. speaking of. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Alex.
2: Yeah, so, sorry. Um, The shipping is actually quite quick. Well, the service that um, the PSA service is actually the shipping from PSA to Australia is actually quite quick anyway. But um, so I think the main thing is just the big backlog, I guess, at PSA. But um, fingers crossed they'll get on top of it, I guess.
1: So, is this car being shipped directly to you or back to the shop?
2: Uh, it's, back, it's through, I do it through a service, so it'll be shipped to, um, a bloke who does the service, and then oh, okay. shipped back to me. But it's, the turnaround's really quick. Um, like, I remember, I think, from the first, a big, a submission I did, um, like a month ago, I think it was the 2500 submission, and it was within a week of him telling us that grades were ready. It was... Oh. It was, it'd been shipped from the US. Um, he'd received it and it was at my doorstep within you know a week and a half type thing, so it's quite quick actually.
0: Which I was surprised. We have to send our cards to Australia and get them back.
1: Yeah, we might, we might get them back faster. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have to do that note.
1: So, speaking <laughs> of graded cards, what's your take on graded cards and is grading and graded cards popular in Australia?
2: So in terms of graded cards, the popularity in Australia, um, the only services that are currently available if people in our community, in our card community, want to get cards graded, at the moment the only two, I mean, we don't have, you know, SCG or HGA um, mm. here. Um, we do have, so again, this someone, a bloke, who does uh, PSA submissions, but at Cherry, um, at our... We are a, we offer a Beckett service, which I mean, of course at the moment it's, you know, suspended, Um, but we do offer, which is very popular actually. A lot of um, uh, traffic in our store is for grading submissions with Beckett. Um, And again, before, prior to um, all services bar the super premium service being suspended, it was a very popular, like, everyone we had, you know, really, like, young kids up to, you know, super high-end collectors who would submit out their cards with us. Um, so I'd say I think it's more, I think, you know, one particular memory that stands out, I guess, is that, you know, parents, like, fathers would bring in their kids and, you know, they might have a, a shiny Charizard or something like that and they just they just want it great. They, they, the biggest thing is, you know, I just want a card graded, you know. So I think... You, I guess just everyone just wanting to sort of encapsulate their cards um so i'd say from that it's and considering the traffic and the amount of customers who want to come to us for grading it's i'd say it's quite popular down here um my take on grading at the moment is that everyone knows that beckett psa are absolutely rand with cards at the moment um, mm-hmm. and i guess you've got with that and with services being suspended People are just looking, you know, I think almost in desperation to try and find a company that will slab whatever cards they have and with reasonable turnaround time. So that's why I think we're seeing more and more SGC and HGA slabs popping up on eBay or marketplaces. Um, For me, I've... um, In that sense, I still think that um, I... Again, this is just a personal thing, but I would rather, I much prefer um, the reliability of Beckett and PSA over newer companies. I think the slabs look better, um, but I think, you know, these are really big companies that are well-trusted and, you know, their grading standards are really high as well. Um, And so for that, I mean, I, I just trust them more. And I guess now I'm just more, I mean, now you, again, I think people have just got to realise that you can't just send in your all your Kobe White or Tyler Hero-based rookie <laughs> cards, which is not an insult. It's not an insult to Tyler Hero or Kobe White. But I think now it's just not an option. I mean, again, if you want to pay $300 to grade it, that's totally up to you. If you love yeah, Tyler yeah, Hero, that's yeah. fine, totally yeah. fine but i think now it's just it's just shown that um grading is not something that's just so easy anymore that you know i think everyone got caught up with it in the middle of the pandemic last year where we just wanted you know we were you know pulling cards and we just wanted to just get everything graded 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 because that's where all the gains are that's where the profit you know comes and i think now profiting off um grading and profiting off base rookie cards is not something that's Totally viable anymore, and that people only I mean, it's only now you, you're seeing big gains in really higher end cards. And um, so, in that sense, yeah, that that's sort of my general take on grading at the moment. It's you a sound- controversial topic, but I mean, everyone has a different opinion. But
1: you no, know, I, was, I was just gonna say, you talk like a hobby veteran.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, <God>. I've actually <laughs> only submitted very, I actually myself. I haven't, I've only, well, I, I really only began submitting cards for grading um, sort of in the middle or the end of last year. I am I think I've mainly focused on just collecting rather than sort of grading for investment or personal purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so, I, like, for example, I'm not, I sometimes get questions, you know, what do you think this would grade? And in that sense, I'm not someone who is good at predicting grades based off condition. Sure. Um because it's quite again, it's it's still something that I'm well, I'm not a total expert in, but I appreciate the compliment though.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, no, you you know your stuff and that's mm-hmm. clearly like we can tell and that's why we wanted to have you on here as well. Um just so that people can can hear like you have opinion and you have very educated uh, yeah I love, I love how it was a general take. It was actually a very, a very widely explained general take. So mm-hmm. um, it was appreciated for sure. Yeah,
2: thank you.
1: Uh, I mean, you want to show some comments before we get on to the next qu- series of questions?
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go back here. Where were we? Oh, so name, post the comment. This is one of the best shows for that reason to me. Touch house for you and Kent. This was a response to our diversity comments. So appreciate that uh, name. Uh, this is an interesting one.
1: Um, I, I don't, don't know,
0: know what show train, that is. But we'll ask it anyways. So Damas says, "I watched a gold prospecting show in Australia. Do you ever dabble in that?"
2: Well, no. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what show that is, but me um, if, if if anyone or sort of in more regional towns in Australia, um, it will in the 1800s. Um, some towns were big. Um, there was the gold rush. There was a lot of, you still find like a lot of little mining towns around Australia, but no, never ever. I've, I've never really heard of it. I might have to have a look at that actually.
0: Amsterdam, if you're listening, let us know the name of the show. So we can educate ourselves about that as well. <laughs> there are people out there in the hobby world that do buy gold and silver and coins and whatnot. So it is relative to the hobby. That
1: we've got. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: So Sam basically says, thanks to, to Alex. Yep, I've got the faith of the guys at Cardboard Culture will help uplift the women in the hobby. Back to more about you, Alex and for sure, we'll Sam <laughs> sure, and Alex, not a problem there. <laughs> um, so that's the end of the comments. And uh, go ahead, Ken.
1: Sure. So, Alex, uh, what's the state of the hobby like in in Melbourne and in Australia in general? Are there a lot of hobby shops around?
2: As I was saying, I'd say that the first of all, the state of the hobby is, I'd say. Is, Brilliant in Australia. I think we've got a, sm- a smaller, a comparatively smaller community, but I'd say that it's growing. Um, and we, we're a, we have a really strong group of collectors and hobby, you know, passionate hobby members. Um, and um, what was the second part of the sorry, I just completely blanked. What was the second part of your question?
1: I, s- I said, so are there many hobby shops in Australia?
2: Oh yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, so in we ha- in terms of hobby shops, there we have more online based card shops in comparison with bricks and mortar stores. So oh, I was sort of saying that, um, Cherry is one of very few. We have a, there is probably about I'd say probably about in total in the state of Victoria, in um, where Melbourne is, mm-hmm. there are probably about five bricks and mortar stores. Um, but in Australia, there are very there aren't that many stores, in, but there are. We have a lot of online stores as well. Um, but I'd say when I sort of look at you know the state of the hobby in the states or in Canada, I see that pretty much every card shop, um, uh, whether it's online based or well, every sort of card shop is mostly bricks and mortar versus solely right. online. So, <laughs> in that sense, um, it's probably it's a lot smaller here in Australia, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it's growing. I'd say that we, you know, that there are a lot of when, you know, we're getting a lot of younger you know, kids. So we're sort of, I guess, passing on the torch and, you know, breeding the next generation of collectors down here um, and it's growing and it's just great to be a part of it.
1: Excellent. That's good to hear. So what's interesting
0: for um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Australia is they don't have a Walmart, right? No. <laughs> no. no is there a Toys to R Us? There's no Toys to R Us, right?
2: There used to be. I think they all closed down. I, yeah. well, I think a lot of them closed down. Yeah.
0: No Toys to R Us. So there's no guys lining up outside of Targets and stuff looking for looking for, for <laughs> targets, right? So no. Market cherry has got the market on collectibles, so that's nice to hear. So that hobby shop is going to be well uh, stocked and people going to see Cher- – uh, sorry, I forget the name of the owners again.
2: Uh, so Grace- Grayson and his wife, Renee.
0: So Gr- Grayson and Renee will have no competition when it comes to cards, so that hobby shop should thrive <laughs> quite well. So speaking of Cherry and, uh, and that shop, and hopefully they're watching, um, what's it been like working at a, a hobby shop?
2: It's great. So um, my main role um, at Cherry is mainly sort of serving customers, um, point of sale. Um, I'm at the moment I'm sort of part time, casual, um, just to in line with my uni commitments. Um, but I love it. I really do. Um, it's the epitome of you know doing what you love as your job. Um, so I love. So again, my main role is um, point of sale. But um, there's always work in terms of sorting collections that we may buy or um, just general sorting and different um, admin stuff, things with, you know, taking photos for singles, you know, inventory. Um, uh, I, I, it's especially with um, being um, up front and serving customers, just meeting again. It's a shame with COVID as well because we have certain density limits in store and, you um, I guess customers are only allowed in for, you know, a short period of time. Um, But just meeting people and hearing their, you know, their hobby stories or, you know, asking them, you know, who they collect or why they collect, Um, meeting a lot of young kids. So, again, sort of next generation of collectors, um, it's fantastic. And I I, I really do love it.
0: That's awesome. So what do you find? So if there's one aspect of being in a hobby shop, and because you have self-control, what is it? Do you enjoy watching people bust boxes? Is it like what aspects of it do you like? I understand the operational part. Mm. The emotional part, you love the most.
2: Um, geez, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I again, I love everything. Probably just seeing, just being behind the scenes and seeing logistically how a card shop operates for me. Um, just seeing the inventory, when sort of seeing the process of um when getting inventory in sorting, um, especially being involved with singles. Um, big shout out to Dale, our singles manager, who has I mean the the num- the cards that he has is just ridiculous. Um, or just even just holding really like cards that are, you know probably a. You know, a house deposit worth, of, you know, house deposit or something like that. Just <laughs> even I might not own them, but just being able to look at them and just you know see them, you know, translating from just pictures to actually holding them in person. Um, we've got some really amazing stuff. Um, so that's and going back to your comment about having self restraint, and I, that I in some ways, you know, seeing them and you know and holding them in a sense is you know makes up for you know you know not buying them and in that sense I have some restraint. Um but it is very sometimes seeing customers well again the big highlight is you know seeing customers who come in and bust boxes with us. Um you know Grace might do you know a live video on Instagram of customers busting boxes. Um that's the fun of that. Um and I guess I actually don't rather than being or I'm not someone who buy wax to bust anymore or i don't uh, the last um box that i bought was i guess like before prism before it blew up um i think i bought like a prism retail box when it was really cheap um but um yeah i mean uh, again so I, i focus on singles but i guess uh, you know just seeing just i i have restraint in that aspect but at the same time it's 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 i'm a little bit jealous when i see customers opening boxes
0: (laughs) we we all we all go through that for sure um just so just i know we went off topic with that question but i was interested in the background the mushroom did break back and he said it's called parker's trail um and the show has to do with Liz Parker from Goldberg spent the summer traveling and looking for prospects. Anyways, anyways, there you have it. Oh, cool.
2: Um, there's an, there's another, another show to watch during lockdown. I'll have to
0: have a sure. look. <laughs> and then Bobby Burrell, who's our resident hockey historian, has pointed out, is, what if you've been vintage, vintage, vintage sports and non sports Alex, do you have a guide of sort for reference?
2: Do you mean as in like a sort of Beckett-like guide? I'm I'm not quite sure. We don't really have something like Beckett down here. Um, We have rather than sort of, again, card shops, there are sort of vintage memorabilia shops that may stock some Australian-issued cards. But, again, it's sort of more you'll find that there are more sort of older, not on a stereotype, but there's sort of older collectors who keep their cards, you know, really tight and sort of close to them. Um, uh, There isn't, yeah, there's no real, I wouldn't say that there's a sort of specific reference for um, mint cards made in Australia. It's more sort of knowing the collectors who probably know, who are total experts in really older vintage Australian cards and sort of if, if you ever needed to, if you wanted to know anything about them, you know, you just sort of get in contact with them type thing. So it's more of a sort of, you know, find the collector, ask them the questions rather than sort of having a specific guidebook with everything in it.
0: Yeah, Bobby does that for us uh, on shows and on Facebook, and we have questions, we go to him. He's like the genie. You rub the lamp and you get the answer and all the artifacts. So Bob's one of our, uh, uh, Bobby's one of our wise men. Um, and Bobby just has an FYI, and about three guests, we're going to have a surprise for you in terms of history. So stay tuned. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I lost track of my thoughts here. Oh, sorry, we wanted to plug Cherry. So why don't you take the opportunity to tell everyone where Cherry is located and what products it stocks?
2: So for anyone visiting Melbourne or anyone who is in Melbourne, um, so we're pretty much smack bang in the middle of the city. So anyone who ever comes to Melbourne will come to the city. Um, and we're in, so the address is 129 King Street, um, Melbourne. And it's probably, if you ever, again, if you ever come, the main shopping strip is called Burke Street. So there's like a Burke Street mall with, you know, your department stores, little touristy attractions. We're just a couple of blocks there. So King Street is sort of close to um, Southern Cross Station, which is a big um, train station and also where, um, like the airport shuttle buses come as well. So we're literally just around the corner. So if anyone's ever in Melbourne, we're really, really in close proximity to everything. Um, and in terms of what we uh, stock, well, we stock pretty much everything. Um, so I'm pretty sure we are a, mainly we panini, panini. Um, we stock panini products, but we do have tops as well. So we have our main, the bulk of our inventory volume is... Uh, basketball so we have pretty much every single new release where we're pretty much guaranteed to get um, we also do nfl where sort of recently we've been increasing um our supply of nfl um again baseball again didn't used to be as big but we're sort of starting to again we're finding more baseball collectors and people interested so we're getting some you know some of the tops releases and everything. Um, some some of the baseball releases we don't sell necessarily as a box, but we um, we do breaks. I think we did a Diamond Icons one box break recently. Um, we also have. I actually, I know. I think uh, I think you guys asked, but uh, we 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 do have. I think maybe one or two boxes of hockey, like tiny little boxes, <laughs> but we have it. <laughs> Um, you
0: add, uh, music to my ear, so there is hockey. <laughs> the yes. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: and then, of course, we have gaming as well. So we're big. Um, uh, again, a lot of it. We're not just sports cards. I think I forgot to say this as well, but we're not just sports cards. We also do stock a lot of gaming as well. Um, so we actually have a resident TCG expert or manager who sort of sorts out um, our gaming. So Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, are our big gaming products as well
0: awesome so alex i realize we're getting close to an hour so please let us know if there's a point where you need to stop because uh, no
2: i'm fine i mean i know it's like it's late where you guys are but no i'm i'm got plenty of time
0: excellent Good. Cool. well it's 11 it's noon there almost it's lunchtime yeah. so make sure we, we keep, make sure you don't keep you hungry
2: that's uh, fine
1: <laughs>
0: uh okay uh, why don't you take over buddy
1: sure um, so when it comes to product releases um, in North America, mm-hmm. do you usually get them at roughly at the same time or slightly just a little bit later in Australia? Like what's what's the turnaround time with product releases there?
2: Um, well, in the middle of the pandemic, um, I guess everything was delayed. And I think in terms of, I mean, I know for everyone, releases were held back, were pushed back quite a lot. Um, but I think some... Um, products also came by via to Australia by boat as well, and we have we've sometimes had problems where stuff sat on the tarmac or has been delayed in customs. So I guess yeah, the so customs did affect um, releases in particular last year. Um, but now that I think everything's sort of I guess semi back to normal in the states, um, albeit some stuff's been pushed back. But um, sometimes what you'll find is because again where interesting with the timing difference but we're technically the day that so let's say something releases on the 20th of july in the states our 20th of july is sort of your 19th of july so right. technically we're a little bit you know oh. if anything sort of further ahead you know what i mean so technically you know when we if we do breaks it's almost like the world premiere of a product i guess because we're a little bit ahead um but you yeah, generally I can say for most recent releases, we've been, um, things have been, because when we get things couriered and everything, so most of the stuff we make sure comes on time and that we have ready to go for the most part, yeah.
1: Interesting, interesting. (laughs) So so when you started working at Cherry, um, (laughs) have the regulars gotten to know you and do they actually... uh, Look to you for assistance and stuff on things.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I hope well, I, I started work. So I, I mean, I've been a customer for Cherry for about you know three years. Um, but I've worked here for about a year, cool, close to a year. Um, and yeah, I, I think I, 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 think people sort of know, I guess, who I am. Um, and um, I'm, well, I, I've, I've gotten to know you know quite a lot of customers and our regular customers. Um again, because of COVID, we, I mean, we know, we, we sort of know, sort of know everyone's name sort of online, but um, I haven't put all names to faces yet. Um, but I sort of, yeah, I, I know who, you know, most of our customers are. Um, and I guess, in general, when customers do come in store, um, I mean, they ask me, I mean, I work alongside, you know, a few other of our team members. Um, but I guess in general they, they do ask me advice. I mean, if sometimes if people come in and they've got, you say I've got a hundred dollar budget, what would you say is, you know, the best option for this or, you know, what can I what can I expect from this product? Um, sort of more the questions are based on I guess product rather than maybe single cards or general hobby related questions. Um, but no, people do sort of ask me questions or if I don't know the answer i can always refer to you know you know either grayson or dale who's often there as well um sort of it's more directed rather than i guess questions rather you know being directed to me sort of directed to just all of all of us in general um so yeah but i mean i have you know a great team who can answer most we can we answer most questions um you know we've got to lots of hobby knowledge, you know, among us, but uh... That's
0: awesome.
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, So, you mentioned this the other day, and I just want people to get context is, mm-hmm. uh, do you actually get, like, uh, do you actually have trade nights and stuff like that? Like that uh,
2: well, sort of going off how um, you know, that the, how the hobby community in Australia is relatively small, and it's quite different, we actually don't have, and of course, because of COVID and everything, we don't Actually, we've never actually had a trade night. Um, the only we have hosted like Pokemon and Magic events in the past, but we've actually, yeah, we've never ever had a trade night. Um, and I mean, I guess in Australia, again with it being so the community being so young and you know being quite different, is it trade nights at card at bricks and mortar stores aren't actually a thing yet? Like they haven't really sort of. It hasn't really taken off down here yet. Um, I'm all for a trade night. I think we all are for a trade night, but again, it's subject to quite um, to virus restrictions and everything like that. So again, and quite again with yo-yoing in and out of lockdowns and restrictions, it's been quite hard to sort of a lot of things. Excuse me, have either been cancelled or rescheduled, or the shops been open, close, open, close, open, close. but no i mean i'm open for it um and um you know i think customers um, would be happy to do it so maybe it's something that we could do in the future um
1: so go ahead me sorry you finished your thought i was gonna say i can't wait to the day that you tell us that you've started your first trade night there
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yes, fingers crossed
0: that would be really cool um, so just want to quickly answer Bobby based to thank you for answering his questions. Looking forward to the guests. Yes. Guest will let you know in about two shows from now, Bobby. Um, for those of you following basketball, Milwaukee is ahead. Looks like oh. Anthony is going to get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on that, but Devin Booker, will have think wait a year uh, <laughs> and to answer most Yes. They have access to comp see star Talk and my slaps. Um, they, it's, uh, usually uh, dependent on cost and shipping and stuff like that. And they use uh, a lot of shipping services to, to send things over. So, yes, they, they do have access to that stuff. So.
2: And we also, uh, a lot of us as well, um, well, I personally, well, a lot of, I am, and among a growing number of Australian based collectors, use Ship My Cards, well, which is a brilliant service. Um, so, again, I've mainly, if I'm buying stuff that's based in the US, um, i just get everything shipped to ship my cards which is basically just like a po box um, so in that sense i use i don't use comcy as much um i've begun i've only recently discovered my slabs but prices are really great um so we just get everything shipped there it saves a heap on shipping costs and customs and import duties that it would otherwise cost
0: for sure um, I'll add to your bottom line otherwise <laughs> so um now we're getting this some fun stuff. So I'm gonna ask you a really quick <laughs> question. You don't really have sports card shows there per se. You do have, mm. and you do participate in. Mm. But I want to get to the exciting stuff. stuff. <laughs> so you hinted on this earlier. What are the key players and cards you again are honing in on for your PC? And and, and I'll look, can take it after that.
2: So my, my my PC. My is it is it play? Was it specific cards or just? Of players, so like
0: just you alluded to it earlier, so I want you to remind everyone what are your key players, and then Kent's gonna ask you the cool homes
2: <laughs> Mahomes, um, Kobe, and um, Pele Maradona are my key ones.
0: So I need to take a lesson, and now Kent asked a million
1: dollar question. Well, I was just gonna say they all have a common denominator, they're all goats, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> So, Alex. Speaking of that, what are your top three most valuable cards that are in your personal collection right now, and would and would these three also be the top three favorites in your PC?
2: Yeah. So I think my again, I've sort of I've got different inventory, and um, I've been sort of you know chopping and changing. But I'd say number well, my. Fa- you're right in the sense that my, the top three most valuable cards are also my top three favorite cards. Um, I know it's probably going to be blurry and there's a bit of glare. Number one is this one, this beauty. Kobe Bryant um, 18 Prism Choice Auto. But my first ever Kobe Auto. Um, I, I know it's a greater than eight or BGS because it's a big print line.
1: Oh, um, That's is, the one with the prism circles, right? The choice ones? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the, cool. the little bubbles. Yeah. Cool.
2: Um, that's my all-time favourite card. I mean, um, going back to when I was younger, Kobe was my you know biggest influence in terms of collecting cards but also in playing basketball. Um, so that, that's my number one um, card that I have in my collection, I'd say. Um, has the most sentimental and, you know, I guess monetary value. Um, and then I'd say there are a couple of others. Um, again, I've sort of some I don't have with me but I'd say my next um oh next one is probably this one is the um Mahomes Kaboom I don't know if you can Ooh, see it.
1: Nice yeah. nice
2: Um Mahomes Kaboom BGS 9 um and I I remember I was, I was saying this earlier but um I this is actually my first ever grading submission to BGS um and I bought this Kaboom raw back I'd say it was about $50 raw, which now is, I mean, it's...
1: It's It's now raw. kaboom.
2: Yes, yes. Nowadays, I, mean, I just... One thing, just quickly, one thing that people should do is go back to their eBay purchase history or selling history and seeing the cheap prices that you sold cards for two or three years ago. It's just, oh, <laughs> you, you know. Um, and I, I'd I know. say... Um, I, I'd say probably the next one is um, is this one is a um, Kobe. Oh, lighting's bad, but it's a Kobe Bryant um, 07 Tops Chrome variation refractor with a BGS 9.5.
1: Oh, 07, uh, wow.
2: Yeah. Um, so just any, I'm, I'm a big fan of just Kobe or just Tops Chrome refractors in general. Um, but that one was just, again, with the refractor and the gold BGS label, um, you know, that's just really cool. Um, the one that, again, I was sort of iffing on which one's probably more valuable. I'd say that Kobe Bryant refractor is more valuable, but the one that I'd say is equal third is this really cool Maradona. Yeah. Maradona Rookie. It's it's a um so it's 1979. It's an Industria Argentina one. It's not the... um. The Panini one, the Panini 1979 Maradona is probably the most recognisable Maradona rookie but, um, and probably the more valuable one. But this, is, and this was a set that was, I think, only released in Argentina, so it's hard to come by and the condition on all of them, a lot of them have water damage or really badly beat up. Um, and so this one is a pop two. It was a pop one. It's a pop two. And there are none graded higher than a one, so um, it's a it's a really cool one. It's it's a bit hard again. It's a bit harder to put values on you know cards that are that rare, um, and when there are no sold sales. But um, I'd say it's still still worth a little bit. But um,
1: what's crazy is you're the owner of one of the two. Yeah. That's
2: yes. The funny thing is another one is I was tempted because I think there is another one on, op- the other one is on um, available on auction on PWCC. So in my mind, I'm thinking, so, so there's something very tempting about wanting to own the entire population. But um, I think I'll, just, <laughs> I'll stick with this one, I think.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, and for someone who, as young as you, that's only going to go up in time. So that's not a bad
1: question. So. Yeah. <laughs> Again, ladies and gentlemen, Alex is 21, so it's all about quality, (laughs) not quantity.
2: Yes, there's
1: a lesson to be learned here.
0: You don't need all this, you just need one box, not many boxes.
2: But at the same time, I'm not, I mean, I'm a huge believer in collecting. I mean, I uh, in collecting whatever you want to collect. I mean, if I, I honestly just collecting for the love of it is just what it's all about. I mean, I that was, I mean, that was me when I was, I mean, you just. I Just you know, you bought stuff because you because you love it, and or you think this card's cool, that card's cool. Um, but again, just as a sort of personal thing, my strategy sort of changed. I guess sort of more towards the end of last year, where I wanted to, you know, I, I'm I'm doing my post at university. I'm you know I'm wanting to I wanted to sort of downsize a little bit, and just focus on move some of my more mid to high end cards trade or sell in order to sort of move towards you know just a few bigger cards um and that's what I mean I've had to sell some cards sort of some of my higher end cards you know just for you know just for cash just for life purposes but I think you know literally all my collection is incredibly small because I've just wanted to downsize and move towards just a few bigger cards um but, again, you know, I'm, I, I have no qualms whatsoever about, you know, people who have, you know, really huge collections, you know. But, you know, just collect whatever you want to collect. That's what it's all about.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, um, I was going to say it might be small, but it's, your collection is like a little goat. Yeah.
2: <laughs> little baby goat. <laughs> yes, little
1: baby goat.
0: <laughs> um, just so everyone's wondering, uh, the Suns are now ahead by three points. Um, and it's, uh, oh,
1: that, that script flipped real quickly.
0: Yeah, that's really, well, basketball flipped
1: really quickly. So we're at the, we're in a second right now. Um, so, so Alex, yeah. one more question for you. Yeah. So as a collector based in Australia, how do you go about acquiring cards for your PC? Do you do a lot of eBay, Facebook groups, column C deal with other collectors based in Australia? How do you go about that?
2: Yeah. So, um, as I sort of said earlier, I will, well, before, prior to finding and using ship my cards um, I bought most of my cards well most of my cards that I bought were Australia based so there are a lot of uh, NBA okay. car, you know NBA card market Australia is a big Facebook group um, a lot of auctions razzes, things like that um, uh, generally you'd find a really good deal um, but I think sort of again wanting to find um, or be more I guess, again, wanting to find more sort of unique and harder-to-find cards that you could only really find in the States or in Northern America, um, I thought that, you know, using ship my cards um, would be a better option and would just, I guess, increase my access. Um, so I buy, I now buy, I'm using my slabs, um, just general Instagram, Facebook. Um, eBay still is the, um, a big... Um, place where I buy most of my stuff off um, marketplaces and I just get everything again most pretty much all my stuff now I've just transitioned to buying stuff that's based in Northern America and just having Mm -hmm. it shipped to ship my cards it saves a lot of money it's just a bit easier to do
0: for
1: sure definitely I mean
0: now that you've worked at Cherries you have you're a regular regular guest on Sam WTO show or Ross show room of the hobby show I should say (laughs) So, has it caused you to kind of not cause you? Have you met more women in the hobby because of those three, those two avenues? And if you can comment on that.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, another shout out to Sam and the amazing community that she's really um, made. Um, I've met quite, I mean, not in addition to the women of the hobby um, show and the podcast and everything that we do have, or Sam did introduce me. To a lot of other um, female um, collectors through like a, a private Instagram chat or whatever, um, and so I've met some amazingly, you know, talented and really amazing women um, and other female collectors. Another one is um, Hannah. She collects cards. She has an amazing perspective on the hobby um, and the stuff that she has uh, is just really astounding. Um, so yeah, I have, and um, just again everyone says it, but it's really what the hobby is about just meeting networking with just like-minded people um and again i just i mean i really uh i'm always jealous when i see you know that when they all have like meetups at like different shows and and then you know the biggie is the national which is coming up um which i'm disappointed that i can't come to but um yeah no i think you know I've, I've met so many and you know again god willing in a few years time um, i'll get to come over and meet everyone in person
0: or if australia becomes the hot spot they'll come there, <laughs> there yeah. and also with the advent of covid it forced people to move to move online so you also got an increase in exposure that way as well so had mm. another adults- and for, I guess, it's, you know, one of the few positive outlooks of COVID is, is for people to connect globally, and I know I have, and, I, and we have to this show. Um, mm. So continue doing the good work and doing your outreach. I'm sure it'll grow bigger and better, and we'll see you at the National maybe next year. Who knows?
2: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um,
0: oh, and uh, Sam basically says she's saying, you, you know, women in have a hobby with, uh, sorry, with or <laughs> <one>. you know. <laughs> Um, oh,
2: good on you, Sam.
0: A, a cool sidebar. So we're, we're almost at the end. But we've got a couple questions left. So if you could sit down and have a chat with each of the major card companies, you need Upper Deck, or Leaf, mm. what do you want them to do for collectors in Australia? Plus, we could talk about our idea that we had just the other day. I mean, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Again, this is probably the most interesting question I've ever been asked. Um, I just think that just looking from Australia, to America and seeing all the great stuff that Panini does with their collectors, you know, be it, you know, the national with the rapper redemption thing, whether it be, you know, I think the Tops recently had this little van that was just going around to different ballparks or stadiums or whatever, you know, handing out, you know, cards or really promoting the hobby to, you know, collectors and younger collectors. Um, But of course, logistically, it's hard for them to sort of, you know, set up shop in Australia. Um, But if they did, I mean, I think I just sort of, as a collector and as a, you know, being so passionate about the hobby, I think just being, um, just having, you know, a a temporary, I think, I guess, sorry, I guess people in in Australia, I guess, would just love to have these sort of panini events, you know, rapper redemption or just, you know, um, I guess more sort of, uh being more i guess people here just want to be sort of closer to panini or have like panini events um and uh, my 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 idea is basically panini find an office set up shop in australia we love you here um but i i don't know if you know just again more sort of promotional stuff i guess doing more promotional stuff with customers and um clients in Australia, um, that's probably what guests uh, will bring their companies and brands to the collection of, um, to the uh, attention of Collected in, in Australia is something that I think everyone would appreciate down here.
0: So, so two so- ideas, one, uh, Panini or Upper Deck or anyone could pro- produce cricket cards because those aren't being created right now. So <laughs> yes. Doing it right?
2: yes, yes. And-
0: other idea for Upper Deck is since hockey is not really exposed down there, you can send down a super limited card to it's only in Australia, and then someone has to, to buy it from someone in Australia back here. That could be one way of doing it. Um,
1: Australia
2: excuse, exclusive release that would be great.
1: Yes, so be- yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, to our good friend Tracy Hackler, if you're watching the mm-hmm. show, whether it be live right now or later, <laughs> listen to Alex there.
0: You know, come hockey down here, and-
2: Tracy. We'd love you to come down here.
0: Oh, I'm sure Tracy
1: would love to go there. We're for him as a piece
0: here. But anyway. Um, I know he's
1: a huge fan. I know he's a huge fan of Vegemite, so there you go. A <laughs> little more
0: gotta, of an incentive.
1: <laughs> send him a jar of Vegemite and tell him to come to Australia. Yeah. Um,
0: but I mean you're part of the whole Asia Pacific rim, like he told me, so or told us. So maybe there's just an Asia uh, Australian only release in in Australia. Let's let's
1: hope. Let's hope. Um, oh, Sam, Sam has a question for you, Alex. I'm going
0: to go,
2: Sam. Uh, yeah, that, you know, that's actually, I was literally about to say that, Sam. Um, I'm pretty sure, and I think we spoke about this, but I'm pretty sure the Court Kings blasters aren't, I do know for 1819 Court Kings, the blasters were Australia exclusive, I think, or it might have been part of that Asia group where I think it was Australia exclusive, even although it did you know, get to America, Northern America. Isn't
1: Um, isn't that Lucas Lurkey year?
2: Yes. Yeah, it was. Interesting. Um, I think, but I don't know. I think some of the court, I still, I probably need to do my research a bit more, but I think court Kings, some court Kings blasters were Australia exclusive, or again, it could have been part of that Panini sort of Asia exclusive, I guess. Like they do with, I mean, Timor stuff is, I think, originates in china so it's still we don't we can get our hands on it but it's not it's still it's for us it's still just like you know a northern american release um but yeah i i I think that's from memory that's what it where it was at
0: uh, do some research on that i'll have to find some corking plaster um thanks sam for that um so can't you get the last two questions buddy go for it
1: So Alex, how does it feel for you to know that there is now more and more women collectors like yourself who are showcasing themselves Mm -hmm. as collectors? And what are your thoughts on the power of empowerment for women and the positive change that brings to the hobby? Oh,
2: I think it's great. I think, um, it's been definitely amazing seeing. I mean, again, when I was, again, when I was younger, I've always felt as if, you know, I was the only girl collecting cards or, you know, I was the only female for a while, and I think I probably still am one of the one of the only female customers at Cherry because it's just so, the hobby is just so, you know, so many you know, guys in relation to girls. But if anything, I think just complimenting Sam a little bit more, but I guess with this whole new platform for women, I think rather than, I guess, my take on it is rather than there being, I guess, more women injected into the hobby, I just mm-hmm. think we're seeing female collectors who have always been in the hobby, who are almost hobby veterans, but it's only sort of recently with these all these new platforms for women that you're seeing a lot of them sort of, I guess, come out of their shell, so to speak. And I think now seeing, you know, whether there are groups or meetups or everything, um, it's just that extra, uh, I mean, again, I've said this before, I've never felt intimidated by the male-dominated nature of this hobby. It's really never, ever faced me. I've never... Thought of it's never something that, I mean, I, I don't think like that. I don't think, oh, you know, it's all men. I'm one woman, women. It should, you know, this makes me extra special, or and things like that. I've just always thought to myself, I love this hobby. I'm a collector. You know, it's it's not the sort of framework that I use to think about it like that. Um, but now that I'm sort of seeing now just how, you know, how many you know young girls or women who are now, you know, who are not only you know collectors, but have been you know hobby in this hobby for so long, um, and just getting different insights or inspiration for new PCs. Um, it was actually Hannah, um, she collects cards, and Sam who both inspired me to start the um, my women's soccer card collection actually, and get involved with that. Um, but I think it's just it's something that's sort of really blossomed and flourished, and I don't think only has you know room to grow, really, um, uh, and I think it's been, it's certainly something that the hobby hasn't seen b- before, and I think it's a, a new aspect to the hobby, um, and I think it's just amazing. I, I really do. It, it's its wonderful. It just gives, you know, us female collectors, you know, a, a common denominator or something that, you know, we can, you know, um, just a common denominator that you know that something we have share in common um and it's for some females it might give them a bit more of a safe space where they feel they can be a bit more comfy in the hobby sure. if they feel that way um but yeah i mean it's just it's just great i love it really
0: i like the comment you made about a safe space i hadn't looked at it like that before yeah. Um that's a new perspective so i appreciate that and then hopefully mm. You know, if a young girl does, or a young girl, or any lady, or any female watches this show and they get inspiration for it, we'll definitely leave links to your your show with uh with Sam and whatnot and your your handles. Um,
2: Appreciate hope,
0: it. Hope to motivate. If we motivate one person, and inspire one person, we've done our job. That's that's all we need. So that's that's all. The most exciting question, which we ask at to the to end of all of our shows, this time it's Kent's turn. And we don't
1: know the answer to this one because we haven't... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, tra- for transparency's sake, when we had our meet and greet a couple of days ago, we kind of gave Alex a heads up on this question and we didn't want to know the answer because we wanted her to save it for tonight during the live show. So, Alex, what inspired mm-hmm. you?
2: So, I... this I, I really had... this <laughs> an, Again, another one of these interesting questions that I really had to think about... Um, but just sort of leading onto a little bit of my my life outside of the hobby, sure, um, I guess in with this pen this pandemic. I and mean, we'll just again for people who don't know, I am a I'm a, a student in um, the healthcare field, and um, I think I've been so awestruck and inspired by um, the hard work and the, you know, the determination of all the frontline workers during this pandemic and just a big shout-out to them. Um, just me- people, just medicos who are so, who perform what is can only be described as, you know, silent miracles in, in emergency rooms or, you know, putting their lives on the line to save the lives of other people is, um, it's something that, I for me, defines the definition of a true hero and, um, are these medical workers um and every day I do. you just see the pictures every day and it's just something that's for me inspires me every day um and inspires me to be grateful for everything i have um just to appreciate the services that they provide um but in terms of i guess moving to what generally inspires me um I just I'm totally inspired by people who are just really hard or who are hard workers in general, I guess. Um, seeing, I mean, coming from a family where we, you know, we worked for everything that we have in life um, and, you know, even going to the hobby, seeing photos, I think, of, you know, young girls, you know, setting up a table at a card show and having their little Pokemon cards, you know, you know who are trying to hustle and, you know, starting from, you know, starting from, you know, just work, trying to work their way up. Um, I think anyone who works hard, who is a kind soul, who never bats off, you know, beginners, you know, in the hobby or, you know, or who inspires younger generations, um, for me, that's an inspiration. Um, yeah, I, I, it's generally I, I just appreciate people who work hard, who don't expect to receive, you know, who don't take credit, who don't expect necessarily respect or expect things in return. Um, for me, they have my utmost respect.
0: That's an awesome answer.
2: It's just, it's a hard one, but that's, yeah, I just, just yeah, just I, I, that's all I can say, just hardworking people who really who, do things that maybe you know not all of us know about yeah again who just who don't expect things in return who provide who just really just work hard who work again if it's young kids you know trying to sell their cards at card shows you know just you know you just you have my respect really you know i i appreciate that you know
0: and you have hours after our chat so um we uh, want to, you know, we're at the hour 17 mark. We don't keep all of those waiting too long, but want to say thank you to you, Alex, for coming on the show. Uh, we have uh, Alex Brian Gray coming up next week for our next show. But let's before we go there, let's just say thank you to Alex. I want to really yes. thank you being here. I want thank to you, Alex. The viewers. Thank for you, guys. It's this been an a...
2: absolute pleasure. It really has. I've loved doing this. I've loved talking to the community. I've loved talking, talking to both of you. Um, the questions you guys have asked as well have been really, they're really thought provoking. And they're really, you know, it's sort of, I've, I've loved it. I really have.
1: Awesome. So, awesome. appreciate that.
0: Asked, we're going to end the broadcast, but you stay behind. We'll, we'll wrap up with you after. But, Let's say uh, good night to all the friends and family and, and fans that are, are watching. Thank you for coming out. And uh, well, you'll all be hearing from Alex, I'm sure, in one way or oh, another. Yeah. There you go.
1: Thank you, everyone, again, for watching. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good night.